Welcome to 5.5, the show where we watch 5.5 rated movies from IMDb and visit the side streets of Hollywood so we can give you the reviews of hidden gems or terrible movies you should stay away from. So ready your popcorn, lean back and enjoy the show. You're listening to 5.5. Welcome back to another episode of 5.5. Guys, we are so good. We are keeping up. We are doing an episode every month. It's amazing. And uh, this is all thanks to these fine people that say hello to Amanda. Hello, hello, hello. We also have Tom. Hello. And with me, as always, right next to me, Beata. Hi. And my name is Martin, and this is 5.5. And today, just like last time, we have a very special guest. It's not the same guest, though. So, big welcome to you, Rick. How are you doing? Greetings and salutations, fellow movie buffs. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, thank you. We are amazing. We're ready, and we are, I guess, um, in a good spirit because of the movie that was chosen. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Rick's fault uh, again. We've been we've been giving the control of our show to our guests. You you pick the film and we'll watch it and then do an episode about it. I mean, I don't know how I feel about passing this power over constantly, but so far so good. I think. Although I'm just thinking back to the last episode and maybe not. I don't know. I don't maybe know. not. I just want to start off by apologizing for making you guys watch this because. Uh, <laughs> In memory, it was fantastic, and reading, you know, looking back on it, reading up on it again, not so much. But yeah, let's, we'll get into let, it. Let, let, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Um, <laughs> but it does feel like a familiar story. Anyway, lights, camera, action! It's time for the synopsis. This month on Five Point Five, we watched The Benchwarmers. A trio of guys try and make up for missed opportunities in childhood by forming a three-player baseball team to compete against standard children's little league squads. Yes, and as we already mentioned, this is uh, a movie that Rick uh, picked out of the amazing 5.5 rated movies list. So thank you for that, Rick. Um, but uh, Yeah, thank I you, think- Rick. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. No problem. <laughs> I think let's just jump into. It. Let's just let's just get the one sentence reviews out of the way. Is the one sentence review? An okay movie with a bit of cringe, and the jokes did not age well. A half-warming sports comedy with humor that's over a decade old. I hated it, but then I cried, and maybe it wasn't so bad. Baseball and geekdom meet on the field of dreams, but it's raining, and the nachos are sold out. All aboard the Gus bus! Beep, beep! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) So, it sounds... I don't really know. From these reviews, I think... I feel like we can go both ways so uh yeah it will be interesting to see but before we get into talking about the movie let's uh talk about the crew it's time to meet the crew so we are starting out with the director who is uh, named dennis dugan he's known for happy gilmore 
you don't mess with the Sohan and Big Daddy. Uh, the two first ones I, I have seen, and and the, the very first one is that's a classic, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything by Happy Madison Productions, Adam Sandler's production company, is you know always going to be the same kind of humor and good, but also terrible. Yeah. And probably about sports. <laughs> probably not always. No, not always. No, not always. No. Sometimes well, random things rain down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Rob Schneider playing Gus. Uh, you might know him from The Animal, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, The Hot Chick, or just about any other movie that Adam Sandler is in. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think Rob Schneider, he's just one of those uh, uh, actors that, that, you know, I can't pick up a, a movie that I know he's in, but I just know him being a, a, a comedic actor. Well, obviously, right now, I can tell you that he's in The Benchwarmers. Yes. Um, I have to say, I was kind of... I don't know what the word is. Not impressed, surprised that he wasn't playing like a really, really weird guy, which is the normal role for him. Mm. It was like, oh, he's actually, he could be cool. Yeah, like, he played the cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long running joke on, uh, on I think it's on South Park, or it was one of the episodes of South Park. I'm not really a big South Park fan, but I'm sure it's like, like they go through a montage of like Rob Schneider playing like every single type of character. Like Rob Schneider is the stapler. Yeah. I remember that episode. <laughs> <I> remember that. <laughs> it's just because he's in everything and mm-hmm. he just picks up every every role possible. <laughs> so for me, it was actually one of those after Amanda just said that, that's when I realized who that actually was. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Up next, we had David Spade, who played Richie, known for The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, Amanda's definitely going to say something about that. Tommy Boy and Joe Dirt. The Empress New Groove is amazing. It's one of the best Disney movies ever made. It's my favorite movie in the entire world. I can quote nearly every single line in the entire movie. It is the best. It can have my babies. Oh, did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> Bad llama. <laughs> Unfortunately, Yay, we don't get to talk about that movie because it's 7.3. So, in this, Only 7.3. Just a referee wow. here. We're talking about 5.5 <laughs> movies. So three. settle down. Settle down, we, you two. We, we, we need to make a special episode where we rename the show just for one month to 7.3. Yes. That just opens up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> then we have John Heder, who plays Clark, and he's known from Napoleon Dynamite, Blades of Glory, and Just Like Heaven. Napoleon Dynamite has to be his most well-known role, I would imagine. I kind of think that Clark pretty much was Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. came out, and this came out after Napoleon Dynamite. So it kind of felt like he was just playing like a shitter, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like that means we're having garlic bread. Yes, like <laughs> amazing one-liners. But it, it when when I, when we watched the movie, when he was saying something extremely stupid, I was just laughing out loud every time. And I'm pretty sure Beata was just looking at me and shaking her head and be like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> you may notice. This was not my humor. <laughs> I'm kind of get, I'm kind of getting a vibe that it's like it's it's a very childish male film, and, <laughs> and females just kind of look at it and go, "That's that's yeah, typical boys." <laughs> not, not just females, rig. Not just females, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have John Lovich 
who played Mel, and he's known for, among others, Happiness, A League of Their Own, and Rat Race. Out of these, I've seen Rat Race, but John Lovett is one of those actors where you're like, you know what, I've seen him in something. He's in pretty much everything. He's in so much, but I couldn't name something that he's in right now, but I'm like, I've seen at least 15 movies that he's in. Couldn't tell you one of them. Quick question. Was he wearing a wig? No. No. (laughs) That's how he looks. Oh. I'm Don't confusing so. people, am I? Mm-hmm. John Lovitz was the billionaire. Yeah. Oh. Who who owned the cars? I only remember him from um, from Friends. He was in Friends, and oh, was he in I, Friends? Too? I didn't I didn't know who he was. And he got a massive applause, and the crowd, you know, hooper and hooper and holler, and um, but I was like. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. Now that I've obviously seen him in other things since, can can yeah. can confirm that he did play Steve in Friends. In two mm-hmm. episodes, mm-hmm. he was like a uh, a chef critic, I think. Hmm. And then we had Craig Kilborn, who played Jerry. You might know him from Old School, Cursed, and Polly Shore is Dead. And yes, Berta, I would say that Craig Kilborn was wearing a wig in this. Okay, yeah. so I just got people confused, but this was not his real hair. No. I love how we need to clear that up. Just yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely that is definitely a point I didn't consider. Um, yeah, so definitely glad we brought that up. Male wigs. And then we have Molly Sims as Liz, and she was in Yes Man, Fired Up, and Starsky and Hudge. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Yep, man. Molly Sims is like she was a model, right? Like that's basically what she was most famous for and then she got into smaller roles in films is that right yeah she uh she submitted a few when she was in college she submitted a few photographs of herself to a modeling agency at the suggestion of her roommate and the rest they say and then is... she started in benchwarmers <laughs> i don't that's think that's weird... quite the timeline marty i don't think that's quite weird, the timeline. <laughs> weird trajectory <laughs> she was definitely the eye candy of this movie yes along with the uh Pizza Hut girl server. The pizza Hut hottie. Yes. yes. Pizza Hut hottie. The, the pizza hottie. <laughs> I don't think we can elude this much longer. It's time for us to jump in, talk about the movie. We had the one sentence reviews. We talked about the crew. So let's, uh, let's figure out what this is all about. What do we think about that then? So, Gus. Some kind of lawn care dude. I don't know how to call that profession. And Clark, a paper boy slash man, uh, happens to see how three nerdy kids who are playing baseball for fun are being bullied and chased off the baseball diamond by the local Little League team. So they chase the bullies away and Gus learns that Clark never played baseball due to bullying and lack of athletic ability. Um, So they agree to meet later to throw some balls together with Clark's friend Richie, who works at a video rental store. And when they show up to play, the bullies return and demand that they leave. So Gus challenges the bullies to play them for the field. And um, so the grown-ups actually win, even though all of the two of them are really, really bad at sports. Really, really bad. I cannot describe how bad. 
And so they win the game, and then they're being challenged to another game by the Little League, like the team coach. And they win that game too, and that's when the billionaire comes in and is like, hey, let's make a league. Um, the winning of that league will be that someone gets a new stadium, and you three guys who are really nerdy will play the cool bully teams. And yeah, that's what the movie is about. Somebody pitched that to somebody and they pitched that to somebody rig rig. somebody pitched that film to someone and somebody went yes give me rob schneider's phone number (laughs) (laughs) of all the prizes as well of all of the prizes that they could win for winning a little league to get a new stadium (laughs) it's just an excuse really one that's being built in a day no less <laughs> well, of course and the time lapses just go from like 10 a.m to like 3 p.m and then like continue the same thing so that they can actually show time lapses that are happening during the day so they can pretend it's dr- built during one day it's all pre-built in america it's all pre-built you know they, they could build a mcdonald's in five minutes they, they could build a, i'm sure as heck sure they could build a baseball stadium in, in you know a few hours have you never watched House Improvement? They build like houses in crazy short yeah, time. Six, like an hour. The show's like yeah. an hour long and they have yeah. a house built by the end. <laughs> yeah, definitely, there we go. They just have to move not the unrealistic. Bus. Just move the bus and you have a house. And there it is. It was the same cruise, so, you know, it makes total sense that they could build an entire stadium in a day. Exactly. They just needed yeah. to move that Gus bus. <laughs> oh, the Gus bus. Where, where, do, where do we start with this one? I feel <laughs> I like we need to just know. go straight to rig. Well, I, I, I could start saying something really, really quick before we okay. jump to Rick. Hit it. Go for it. Uh, and that is that if if I had watched this movie when it came out, I would have enjoyed it a lot. Because this is the kind of, of comedies and movies that I watched back then. But now, watching it now, like one and a half decade later, I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I, I still laughed here and there, but I, I think... I think I've outgrown the humor just a, a little bit. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, it was—it's a type of film that was funny of, it, of funny of its time, and now I think, especially with the way the way the world is now today, um, a lot of it could be seen as insensitive. Uh, some of the jokes and some of the one-liners and things, um, but there is the the smattering of stupidity that goes along with you know the the undertone of the film so um as I, as i said earlier on i think it's the perfect silly like immature males film <laughs> it's it's definitely something adam sandler could fart out you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> yep straight to dvd right from adam sandler's butt <laughs> yeah. yeah it's definitely after like the golden era of adam sandler films <laughs> yeah and I think to like go into what Rick just said, I mean, there are a lot of jokes that, like you said, w- would now be inappropriate, right? Um, the way that um, it had a few jokes where it called people gay or it called people um, certain things that just weren't... I have a list really of them. <laughs> yeah, I do too, but it's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and then, you know, the whole portrayal even of gay people in there, because they are implying that one of the coaches is kind of like 
somewhat openly but also not openly gay and they're like the way they're portraying them is not really very nice so there's definitely things that by now you would definitely not think are okay anymore yeah i i definitely agree like there was quite a lot of mm, homophobic jokes and and gay jokes that really don't hold up they probably didn't really hold up then but that was also the humor um in the film and at the time and it was cool to call people gay and and when they're not because gay was an insult and like it's really not insult and there was also like a lot about mental illness like um uh just going back to his name jerry the agoraphobic brother of keith uh richie sorry not keith is there even Keith? It doesn't matter. Um, but they like really played up this agoraphobia that he was terrified of the sun and like was literally in like a teeny tiny room and kept calling him a freak or otherwise the R word and like just really not a great portrayal of even what agoraphobia is. But I think that it was also just a really shit portrayal of mental health in general. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff where so this whole movie has an underlying message of nerds being sticking together and stuff like that but then in some ways the nerds retaliate in the same way that the bullies do so Mm -hmm. there's stuff where like for example the bullies hook someone up on the fence when they win in the end or the um nerds call the dude who has the the weird dude they call him the weird dude um like the whole crowd chanting um weird weird guy So um, stuff like that, where even the nerds were not necessarily wholesome in all ways that they could be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, I don't want to spoil anything towards the end. It has a very wholesome ending, but um, like there's stuff where they're not pulling it all the way through the way they could have in some ways. Yeah, let's not talk about the uh, the training regime that the bench warmers went through, where they start off, you know, pushing people's doorbells <laughs> and running away, which is very annoying. At being someone, you know, this definitely showing my age now, but I'm like, that's annoying. Like when people do that, when kids do that, that's very annoying. Ramp it up a notch. But what's even more annoying if when someone destroys your mailbox. Exactly. With a baseball bat. And it's like, that's vandalism. Mailboxes are not cheap either. Like, I'm sorry to be that person, but do you know how expensive they are? (laughs) What's people's mail? It's just... Gone. And you quick know, question, isn't that a federal offense in the US? I think like, it's, it's that gone is like be. quite a big thing. Like <laughs> none of us are from the US, but not cool. I, I don't even know how they got away with filming that because it's <laughs> totally illegal. Mm-hmm. Like there's one thing that I, like out of all of the films that we've ever seen where mailboxes get smashed down, you, there's one thing that people would learn is that just put a hole in your door and just have a little little trap door in the front of your door, like a letterbox. Instead of getting your mailboxes knocked down. But do you know how far <laughs> away from the street most North American houses are? True, like, true. That would be adding at least an extra three hours onto a postman's day in order to like go all the way up to a door you and know, then come geez, all the way Rick, back down. Would you think about things before you just God, say them? So <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I, I guess we, we can pretty much... The, the, not all of the humor in the movie has aged super well, um, but I do feel like because I, I feel like we've been fairly negative so far, but so far, but I really feel like the the, the core of the story, what the, the stories, what they actually do want to tell, uh, there is actually a pretty wholesome movie uh, underneath it all. Uh, so maybe the execution wasn't perfect. Uh, 
by 2006 uh, standards and it definitely isn't by 2020 standards, but there's a, a pretty wholesome story underneath it all. Soundtrack is very good. Just want to add that. Agreed. It was amazing. Yeah. No, and, and to actually with that wholesome underlying thing, um, you have to remember also that 2006 was definitely still very different on nerds than it is now, right? Like, then it's still very much people... Like, the people who were making those movies were probably still people who grew up in a time that where nerds were bullied relentlessly. And even then, you know, like now we've had all those superhero movies and it's come a lot more mainstream to be nerdy and to be a gamer and all these things. You know, every kid plays Fortnite. But back then, that was... No, but (laughs) almost every kid. No, Rick doesn't. I'm a a massive child and I don't play Fortnite. (laughs) But, you know... You still get what I mean by mm-hmm. that, you know, that was still very much a time where being a nerd was very, very different from how it is now, right? So it is actually maybe, like, maybe we're missing something and maybe this movie really contributed to the status of us nerddom now. Yeah. That, is, that is a big statement. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean... <laughs> Well, she did say maybe. She did say maybe. (laughs) I will say, like, I I definitely agree that there's a theme with Adam Sandler films of, like, supporting the underdogs or, like, the people, the ones that are less, not, like, not the cool kids. Like, you can see it Mm. in Big Daddy. You can see it in Billy Madison. You can see it in Happy Gilmore. Like, you can see it in so many of his films. Like, he is a huge supporter of the uncool kids. Um, And... It's super wholesome, and I genuinely think that Adam Sandler is a good guy. Like, I'm not saying it like we're best friends or something, but like, <laughs> I do think he's a good guy, and I think that he um, he is using potty humor to sell something to the masses that might not appeal to everyone in 2020, but maybe appeal to a lot more people in 2006. And hmm. I, I kind of liked. I mean, there was a part of it where I was just like, I liked when like Gus stood up to the bullies, like in the restaurant and, you know, on the field. And there was something that just felt good about that. It's like, you, you love to see the bullies get get their canopins, don't you? But in a way that's kind of like, yeah, like you learn from this. And obviously towards the end of the movie, that's had an impact on a lot of the characters as well. And it just, that did feel good. That that did feel like, yeah, come on, you're sticking it, sticking it to those bullies. Take those bullies down because they're a bunch of assholes and uh, you you sure showed them. But what I also liked a little bit more towards the end, and probably a little bit more towards uh, a little tiny bit of, sp- of spoiler territory, so be warned. Um, is I, I really liked that the the kids on the opposite team, the very last match, were also were actually the instigators to make sure that everybody had fun and everybody, uh, you know, had a, had a good time on the playing field. So you know. Because, you know, with these kind of movies, it could potentially just be that, you know, all the nerdy kids who play towards the end just all of a sudden played amazing, you know. Those kind of type of movie have been made as well, but they were not. They were nerdy kids. They were obviously not used to playing baseball, but, you know... the, the well, it was their first time playing. It was their first, like, yeah, exactly. ever game. Yeah, like, exactly. What were they uh, expected to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I like that it didn't take that other direction. I, I really like that, that, you know, that it was actually the, the, the people... The, the kids under the regime way of, you know, being trained and stuff that actually put down their bats and, and you yeah. know, just just being kids and having fun. Next time you're playing that battle royale, Marty, just say on the mic, you know, 
we're just here to have fun. We're just here to have fun. We're, you know, we're all friends here. Let's not kill and, each and other. And see what happens. <laughs> it will be glorious. I will change the world. Well, I think, like, even as a kid, you get tired of being treated like shit all the time. And you're not having fun. You're just doing it to win. And winning is all that matters. But then you see other kids having so much fun doing something just for the sheer enjoyment of, of it. And you're like, mm. you know what? I just want to have fun, too. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the ultimate underdog film. Mm-hmm. Not the not the ultimate under, underdog film. Well, we're making some bold statements on this <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah. I want to make another bold one. This movie started the pod and vodcast movement fourfold. <laughs> this this started something with regards to vodcasts and and live streaming. I it have a question did. about that. Let, let's have I... a word from our sponsors. Tommy. <laughs> Sponsor was definitely Sony in this case. Oh, definitely. I have a question. And Pepsi. This was 2006. And Pizza Hut. Yes. But this was 2006, right? How did they have Wi-Fi at the game? Like, how did they stream from there without any cables attached to their laptops? Like, did they just well, have satellite things? So, yeah. like, how did they do it? The same technology that allows people to build a stadium in a day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's not the big thing I would question because there is a certain robot in the movie and I'm like, that that's... That that robot, by the way, had the biggest plot hole in the whole thing. (laughs) Here we go. Because that that robot was doing the paper route uh, for for um, what's Clark, and um, so that you know because he was away at a game somewhere else. But then when they won the game, the robot was celebrating with them. So how the heck did the robot get to the celebration when like everyone else had to take a bus to get there to um, to the f- game? Did there the robot, robot have to do whatever it's, it yeah, wants? Exactly, it's like it's a magic. Robot. It might have just <laughs> flown there. It could make sandwiches in its belly in five yeah. seconds. <laughs> it's a made-up robot. <laughs> also pizza. Yeah. And it could also spray water in the nerd's face. I want to say that that robot was a bully too. <laughs> That's true. Obviously not, obviously not a fan of the beast stew. <laughs> it's, it's important to cover those plot holes, though. We, we need we need to... Every, everything's on the table here when it comes to a 5.5 episode. We, we leave nothing unturned with regards to technological... Can we talk about Terry Crews? Yeah. Oh, do we have to mention this part? <laughs> Was anybody else like... That's Terry Crews! Terry, but, like, why Terry Crews? Why? <laughs> like, with everything that's becoming... Why are you wearing a toupee? Well, that, and that like it just kind that. of really hit me. Like with everything that's been coming out with Terry Crews, and that like he has a lot of internalized racism in himself. Like with everything going on in America, and then he shows up looking wearing a blonde wig, like at a table with like all these middle-aged white men, and like I don't know, just was like the epitome of internalized racism for me. And I was like, this, was this like uh, a prophecy for what he actually is like in fourteen years? Minus the wig. He's off the bench now. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I don't really want to go too deep into that, but it, it, it was really strange just seeing Terry Crews pop up in this film. Just like, oh, okay. I, I, how famous was it at that point? Was it, how well known was he at that point? He was just starting out, maybe or something. I, I think don't know. he was just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe. Think so. Anyway, I think it's time. Any any last uh, comments before we move? On to the judgment. Any last comments? Then now is the time. 
Well, Marty, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned about Knight Rider or Kit, uh, considering you know, you've know you got posters behind you well, of I was famous waiting. 80s cars and people. I was people. waiting for you to bring it up, and you did. Yeah, we didn't acknowledge it. You didn't. You didn't seem excited. I thought that would. What would I figured when we were recording this, that would be all you were talking about. Like, I can't believe Kit was in this film. I can't believe uh, Knight Rider, well, the car, was in this film. What a great film! It was. I have to, but I have to behave because we have a guest on, and you know, share from the best <laughs> side of things. But did you see that Kit was in this movie? How amazing is that? Uh, the Batmobile wasn't there a Batmobile there? There was a Batmobile. Well? Yeah. The wrong Batmobile, though. But you oh. were also you were also bummed about Kit, though. Do you remember what? the first comment you made? Uh, Kit had a spoiler. Oh Kit yeah, I was have like, a spoiler. why does Kit have a spoiler? Spoilers. <laughs> That is, that is true. That is true. But it was the wrong Batmobile, though. I mean, it, it was a Batmobile, but I mean, it's not the cool one. It's not the cool one. The cool one is behind me. Uh, oh wow! How did you fit a car in your apartment, Marty? That's very impressive. <laughs> and how'd you get out of all those stairs? Well, I built it inside. I got, you know, I got it in pieces and built it here. So that's it. <laughs> anyway, any other last comments before we move on? Go, Gusbus. <laughs> I will. I will actually. I, I do have one last comment. Um, the insult, the three musket queers. That was actually really good. <laughs> top, top notch. Top notch. Fair enough. There we are. We are going into the judgment. It's time to meet your judgment. Stick, bump, or bust. So it's time. The big hammer of justice rained down upon this 5.5 rated movie. And how is the rating system? Let's just quickly have a recap. We have the first rating, which is Stick. This movie is a classic. It's a 5.5. It deserves this very prestigious title. It's a bump, which means that, hey, this movie is, is good. You should watch it. It's actually better than 5.5. Or a bust. Oh hell no! Why did we watch that? Why did we watch Spy Kids again? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that is the rating system. So let's let's uh, who should we start with? Let's uh, let's take the guest last and start out with Tom. How you doing? Ooh, yeah. So this is this is a really interesting thing we do at the end of the show because initially, like when the film ends, I'm like, this is definitely a insert one of those ratings here. But then as the day goes on, maybe it changes a little bit. And then you sit down to record this moment and Marty goes, what do you think? What is it? And I think I'm going to say stick. I think it's a, I think it's a classic 5.5. I, I didn't totally hate it. There's lots of parts that I, <laughs> I hated. And, and it, it's mainly the, the, the list that Amanda and Berta made about phrasing and references and, and all that. But ultimately when the credits were rolling, I, I let them roll a little bit. So I was like, oh, is there going to be an extra scene? And I'm like, I didn't run to switch it off really quickly. So I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. There we go. So it's a stick. There we go. Very first rating after the night. It's a stick. It stays 5.5. Let's hear it right here from my left theater. So right after the movie, I was like, hey, that was actually a bump. Um, I don't agree with everything, and I would not give this a movie anything more than a 5.6, but it was definitely better than the other ones where I've said sticks, so I kind of have to give it a bump, because I did not feel like I have to turn it off right now. 
Interesting. I'm shocked. I'm in shock. Interesting. Mm. So we have a stick and we have a bomb. I feel like I can go anywhere right now. So let's uh, throw the the stick and bomb over to Amanda. And what do you want to do with it? Ooh. So Beerta makes a really compelling argument. Like I didn't feel the need to turn this film off. I was watching it with my parents, and my mom was actually laughing um, quite a lot. And my dad was like, "Why the fuck are we watching this?" <laughs> um, and I'm like, I hated this movie the whole way through. Not like just in terms of like the language used and I was like, you know, this really doesn't hold up. And, but then the ending was just so damn wholesome, but not wholesome enough for me to bump it. It's gotta be a stick for me. There we go. Two sticks, one bump. Sounds like a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Two sticks, one bump. My mind went there. I apologize for that. (laughs) So let's, let's hear it from Rick. So, this film, for me, um, in in my mind, I've got a lot of memories of the funny bits, and I don't have as much memories of the the not so funny bits, the frankly offensive bits, some in some parts. Um, so, as I say, in in my mind, it, it's it's only it's only got good good memories, and then obviously looking back on it now, taints it massively. Um, so for me, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever done this on on the podcast, but I'm gonna go with a with a bust. <gasps> <laughs> definitely been done before. It's definitely been done oh, before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah busted on my own, own choice. This is a mixed bag. There we go. There we go. Interesting. Interesting. So I I I feel where you all are coming from because I was sitting there thinking. If this was me in 2006, I would have enjoyed it very much, like Rick just said. But me watching it in 2020, I mean, there's still still funny bits in there, uh, still stuff that makes it uh, entertaining. But yeah, there's definitely also some offensive bits. So I was a little bit unsure, but I think I finally finally made up my mind, especially after also watching your guys' uh, uh, ratings. And I think for me, just like... Tom and Amanda, it's a stick. I'll take that. I, I don't. I don't really know what the what this rating, the final rating, would be. We have a it's bump, a stick. three sticks, a stick. and a bust. No, oh, it's, it's a stick. It's a stick. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Five point five. Five point five. Classic. Yeah, Big five, old stick. Five point five approved. <laughs> I'm just glad I picked a film that no, like not everybody hated. <laughs> <laughs> Because watching but, it, watching it back, I thought everybody was. I, I was sitting there going, "Oh my god, Amanda's going to rip my balls off." <laughs> <laughs> but Beard to bump this film. After all that, Beard to still bumped it. I'm, I'm after just like, I was I'm, probably, after I was probably the one who enjoyed the humor the least. Yeah, so that's strange. Like, I mean, it's cool, but it's like, what? If I like when that film. When, I, when the film ends, you kind of think, I wonder what you know, such and such is going to think. I was like, Birta is going to bust this movie to oblivion. <laughs> like I was like, it's not her humor at all. But here we are. What a world. What a world we live in. It must be that we have very hot weather at the moment. It must be a heat stroke or something. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is evil. The sun is evil. Don't go outside. No, don't go outside. <laughs> all right. I think that's what we had for you this week. And first... I would like to say thank you so much for joining us, Rick. That was uh, really cool. Thank you for the movie. 
Thanks for having me. Yo, Thank you, Rick. So uh, this is your chance to spend roughly 60 seconds to shamelessly promote whatever you feel like. I definitely have not got 60 seconds worth of stuff for this, but yeah, if, <laughs> if anyone wants to follow us, uh, you can follow myself and my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful co-host, Coffee. Uh, we both do a podcast called Character Craft, and it's about the world of Warcraft and the players and characters that make up the world of Warcraft universe, whether it's the in-game characters or the people actually playing the game. Uh, we talk about it all, and we also talk about a lot of rubbish. Um, interesting and funny rubbish, but rubbish nonetheless. Um, and then, uh, obviously, if you want to find what we do and where we do it, uh, you can check out charactercraft.net and all of our links and things are there. Very good, very good. So what is your, who are listening, what is your uh, for, uh, one sentence review? Uh, what is your rating? Let us know on social media. You can contact us. Tom knows where because he does, he just does. That's what he does. Yeah, you can head over to Twitter at 55review or why not go over to our site 5.5.reviews and let us know what you think about the bench warmers. Do you agree with Birta? Or are you more like Rig? Or maybe you're like me, Marty, and Amanda. We would love to know. Let us know. But for now, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it because we can't do it over. It's already edited. It's in your ears. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Later. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studios. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.